0: Welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm Dave Cohen, and I'm James Carey, and we are here at the Llandudno Craft of Comedy Festival. Wow, it's well, very exciting. It is with uh, yeah. lots and lots of people here, lots of exciting talks, yeah. and uh, we're here today with uh, Haley McKenzie.
1: Hi. Hello, <laughs> Hayley. Haley,
0: can you? Uh, Haley is uh, runs uh, Script Angel. Um, so Hayley is the go-to person when you have a new script uh, or yeah. you're trying to get scripts written, comedy, comedy, drama. Yeah. Uh, can you just uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Script Angel?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so we're a screenwriter coaching and talent development company. We, uh, I set the company up about 10 years ago. Um, we work with writers mostly on the verge of breaking into the industry. So they're typically written Well, you said breaking, on the verge of breaking down. <laughs> 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 that as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. On the verge of a nervous breakdown. Yeah. Aren't we
0: all yeah.
2: verging, yeah. verging, breaking into yeah. the industry? We wouldn't need so to write if we were all normal, stable people. Anyway, do <laughs> yeah, go but on. It's, yeah. uh,
1: but that's the, that's the joy of yeah. my job, is it, is it is really tough to break in. Mm. Really tough. Even when you've been practising and writing in your spare time for three, mm. four, five, six years, and you've got specs under your belt, mm. It's still tough. Um and that's the stage we tend to work with writers when mm. they've developed the craft yeah. a fair bit. But those scripts are still not quite resonating, they're still yeah. not quite getting them commissioned or getting them wrapped. Mm. Yeah. And we help them push those scripts up to that next level.
2: Right, okay. So people tend to come to you with an existing script and then you help them really buff it up, improve it and learn in the process. Yeah, and then
1: we'll typically work with them for between six and 12 months. So we'll often start working on a second and third project in that time as well.
0: Right, okay. So you're actually, um, that's sort of quite a long process. through process with, with the writers? It
1: is, but then you know I, what, I, what I did when I set up the company is I tried to replicate the process I went through as a, as a script editor right. with writers. So when I was a development exec, it was that kind of length of process. You didn't give a set of notes and then not see your writer for another year and a half. Mm. You had conversations ongoing, you know, every couple of weeks, every mm. month or so, and you'd go through that process of discussing an idea, seeing the outline, giving notes on the outline, mm. Going to draft, going to next drafts, and it would take between six and twelve months before you got something you felt you could take to commissioners.
0: Right, that's interesting because that's actually, I mean, that that sounds familiar from what I know. I mean, I've not written drama, but that that, that the process of getting drama on, uh, and, and it sounds slightly more, uh, slightly more proactive than than my experience. I don't know if you uh, would say your experience as well with with uh, comedy scripts. Do you do you find that? Um, there's much script development goes
2: on i well i don't know sometimes maybe there's too much which is only slightly forget yeah, what the original I, idea was slightly i was over-cooking. speaking to somebody uh, last night who was you know very frustrated that after six months a comedy production company sort of said actually you know let's let's think again about what the whole basic idea of this is and that uh, that's the bit where you really do want to go and jump in a river Yeah, because you kind of all need to be signed up
1: to what it is right at the beginning and trying to create the best possible version of that thing all the way through that process rather than checking it all out and then seeing what happens if you turn it on its head (laughs) and start again, which is really frustrating.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Where where were you working then before uh, you set up on your own?
1: So before Script Angel, uh, I'd been a development exec at ITV Drama. Uh, I'd worked at the BBC, I'd worked at Channel 4. In development and also script-testing on returning series. Mm-hmm. The Hollyoaks and Casualty mm. and those kinds of shows. No. Which in
2: itself are, which are sort of training grounds in their own right, aren't they? Yeah, And, and still are, presumably.
1: Yeah, absolutely. For, for both writers and, yeah. and script execs.
2: But presumably there so is, is still a bit of a jump between going from wanting to be a writer, writing a half-decent script and then ending up on the crew of a you know on a team of being writers staffed. for yeah. being staffed yeah. so you're sort of sort of bridging that gap maybe
1: yeah, yeah absolutely and also the the process they go through with us is quite tough because we're quite tough with deadlines so mm. we you, they don't we don't give notes and then kind of say well we'll see you whenever you're ready yeah. we set a deadline for delivery of the next draft yeah. And the conversation that's going to follow it three or four yeah. days later. Yeah. So it it helps them keep momentum. Yeah. Because it can be really lonely, and if no one's waiting for that next draft, yeah. it's really hard to just knuckle down and yeah. <laughs> and do the graft.
2: Yeah. Of, yeah. Of no. And, it and, and, and uh, but it's also preparing people for a professional writing yeah. environment rather than yeah. an aspirational one. I guess. Yeah, yeah.
1: Absolutely. And that's what we've tried to do at Script Angel. Yeah. Is to is is to create that process in preparation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, so you came from a drama background, but you also do uh, read a lot of uh, comedy scripts. Um, a lot
1: of comedy scripts over yeah. the years. Um, I used to read, before I became a script editor, I was a script reader freelance, yeah. and I worked for most of the production companies in comedy. I was working for Hat Trick mm. and uh, and Big Talk. and So I was reading a lot of spec mm. sitcom scripts through that yeah. time, and I've kind of kept my hand in. I've not script edited on a commissioned mm. comedy show, but... Um, but I've carried on reading and obviously working with friends who are professional comedy writers yeah. and editing their yeah. projects in development as well.
2: Yeah. And so um, what, uh, I mean, we, we were at the uh, TV Writers Festival recently, the BBC Writers Room thing. And that's traditionally been a drama festival. And then comedy has been allowed in. They, Yay! They let in the idiots. Very excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, then, but there was a session about comedy drama and we all sort of scratched our heads and wondered what exactly is it? Um, and you know, do you have any particular reflections on, on that?
1: Yeah, it's something uh, we and our writers struggle with all the time. Mm. Um, is those those hybrid projects, particularly when a writer says, "Well, I think it's a comedy, but it's sixty minutes," and you kind of go,
2: "So it's not a comedy then?" So it's mm. not. Well,
1: it, it it's understanding how the industry works. It's understanding that if it's a thirty minute piece, it's mm. going to be commissioned yeah. by a comedy exact. Yeah. And if it's a 60-minute piece, it's going to be commissioned by somebody in drama, yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah. So it's understanding the differences between what those two yeah. types of people, because they will come to those jobs yeah. in very different ways. Yeah, And mm. it's understanding what a drama exec thinks a comedy drama is and what a comedy exec would think a comedy drama mm. is.
2: Because also comedy purists would argue that comedy is, is dramatic and you can't have comedy and, like, you know, what could be... I mean one of the great sitcoms of all time, Only Fools and Horses, yeah. contain drama. We yeah. we love and, 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 and yeah. yeah and absolutely. so it's got, it it's got all those things. Yeah. Um, but then I guess people do get sort of frustrated and angry about the fact that, oh it's it's an hour, therefore it's not a comedy or mm. but I think the thing that came out in that session, which I thought was a bit of a bit lacking in the session I'm referring to is when people sort of throw their hands up and say, Oh, well, it can be whatever you want it to be <laughs> that, that's that's fine and we had commissioners and controllers saying that Yeah. my point to them was well the audience don't see it that way because no, the o- they the want audience, to know what it is mm.
1: the audience have an expectation and once you give something a label like drama comedy and this happens in feature films when people use multiple genre labels mm. as well they'll often describe their piece as a horror thriller but mm. like, well, that's great as mm. long as it's both hitting all the marks an audience would expect from a horror and all the beats yeah. you'd expect from a thriller. Mm. It can't be a little bit of both. It has to be delivering what an audience expects from both of those genres. Mm. So you give yourself twice as much yeah. work to do.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm not even sure necessarily the label is. I mean, I think in film genre is really important um, because you have to make an effort to see a film, but TV just sort of turns up in your living room, and so people might not even they might. They're not reading the Radio Times, even though it's... But um, my point was, I picked out two comedy dramas that I really liked. Um, and yeah. what and I realised why I liked them. The first was How Do You Want Me? Yeah. Which was a Simon Nye show with Dylan Moran mm-hmm. and uh, Charlotte Coleman. Coleman. Yeah. Um, and the second one was Jonathan Creek. Yes. Now, what's brilliant about both of those shows is, it's is very obvious what they are in terms of story. Yeah. So How Do You Want Me? is about a is about a girl going home and taking her husband with her, and all of the local people think their husband her husband is an idiot, and he thinks they're idiots, yeah mm-hmm. um and he they don't accept him, you know, and he works really hard for, to be accepted and in Jonathan Creek, you say oh this is a this is a mystery. murder mystery, except he's a magician's assistant, yeah, and it's got jokes in it, and it's been written by David Renwick, so it's obviously going to have jokes in it yeah mm. um and, and be brilliantly yeah written.
1: and so and good. and I, and I would say. Creek's a really great example, and, and I think Cold Feet was as well, yeah, I was comedy mention dramas that, it, yeah. that do deliver on mm. both of those sets of expectations.
0: Yeah. I, I was just about to mention Cold Feet, and Jonathan Creek is the same, but they, 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 what they seem to do is they, they seem to redefine or defi- define mm. what it then is. And I, I remember when, um, for instance... When <clears throat> roughly the same time, Miranda and Mrs Brown's Boys both hit at yeah. about the same time, and I went to some conference, some BBC conference, and the commissioner saying, "Yeah, uh, we're looking. What we're looking for is uh, audience sitcoms w- with, mo- the, you know, a monster larger than life lead character." And I just thought. <laughs> Yeah, you just you you just want you know you're on to cut several more Mrs Brown Boys Mirandas mm. out, you know, and you, you're not you know, what you're actually looking for. You don't really sort of know until it turns up. Mm. And, and Jonathan Creek and Cold Feet are
2: good examples of that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, although he,
2: Cold Feet started out, I think, feeling much more like a comedy comedy, and it had some comedy people in it, and I think mm. the audience were expecting comedy. And it started a long time ago, so I think people mm. were, people knew what they were getting, and then it sort of turned it sort of. Became a bit soapy, and I don't mean that in a bad way, mm. but it was like an unfolding comedy drama as opposed to a half-hour beginning, middle, and end kind of thing. Yeah, yeah
1: it, absolutely. It, it was a relationship drama. Yeah, mm. with really specific, well-structured story beats for all of those yeah. characters going on a journey, yeah. but mm. peppered with a lot of comedy.
2: Yeah. I remember the, the pilot, Jimmy Nesbit standing out in the street. Trying to woo Helen yeah. Bachelor, mm-hmm. he was naked, and a I think really he had a in in rose. rose in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. What was it? I've, I've got a feeling it was stuck between his bottom, <laughs> his, his, <Yep>. his bottom <laughs> I think. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. but yeah, so I think presumably you've, you're now grappling, you're sort of trying to advise writers on which way, because you've been given these comedy scripts that maybe don't feel comedy comedy, but feel comedy drama, and you've got drama things that feel funny. Yeah,
1: I think, I think the 60 minute scripts, or the scripts that are designed to sit in a drama slot, say, mm. but that have lots of comedy in. Are, much, are a much easier sell uh-huh. to commissioners. Yeah. I think a drama series that happens to also be really funny, mm. as long as the drama works fundamentally yeah. and structurally, is, is an easy sell. Right. I think the harder one is when it's a 30 minute piece. Mm. So it's gonna sit in a comedy slot, it's probably gonna be commissioned by a comedy mm. exec, but it's not that funny. Mm. Because it's replacing yeah, lots of opportunities for comedy with drama. <laughs> that's frequently so, not a barrier yeah, to commissioning now, unfortunately.
0: Well, I know examples of uh, you know writers, very very good top comedy writers, uh, and I've talked to them a little bit about the process. When um, they've gone from they've done audience mm. shows, panel shows, or sitcoms, or whatever, mm. and they've gone to writing non audience, and saying um, when they're filming something, uh, the, the, there's like there'll be a joke. And then in the edit, they'll just sort of say, in the, in the flow of the drama, that the the joke gets in the way. way, and and so you know the 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 joke goes, and that's that's I think was one of the problems with the with the non audience sitcom um, is that you know the, the the plot the plot is king, uh, and which means that the jokes have to go, mm. uh, or or the for the feel of it, and that as yeah. you say, that means that things aren't so. Yeah. so funny mm. that, and that is a bit of a, a problem isn't it i mean do, do you ever do you get a problem sometimes where you, you there are too many jokes in a in a comedy no. drama no, you <laughs> never get that no i never. thought yeah that, that's the never. answer I was exactly I, what i, I yeah, was expecting I,
1: it's, <laughs> it's always the challenge we're always pushing writers writing those 30 minute pieces to mm. put more comedy in yeah and um, mm. i remember stories uh Years ago, a friend of mine was writing uh, a BBC One primetime uh, series, his Mm. own series, and he told me the story of the read-through in which the exec sat there with the script and every line that got a laugh around the read-through table got a tick and everyone Mm. that didn't got a cross and they went through the script afterwards, (laughs) line by line. (laughs) And he got told to fix all the lines that hadn't got... Well, that was read through. Yeah,
0: that was interesting. A panel uh, that I did, uh, and Andy Dawson, one of the Dawson brothers, who was talking about they they wrote a script in the states, um, and James and I often talk about right, every line you have, it's either got to be a setup for a joke or it's got to be a joke. Yeah. Um, Andy was saying in the states they basically say no, it has to be a setup and, and a, a joke. <laughs> so yep. Every single line has right. to have that. Yeah. That's what they. Uh, that's what they found working in America, um, as well as being paid phenomenally stupidly more oh, wow. money than we could ever yeah. dream of. Yeah, yeah.
1: But, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because yeah. it, uh, mm-hmm. definitely I'm always pushing the writers to write more comedy into their thirty minutes, mostly because it, th- they're still developing those skills. Mm. So the jokes are not there because they haven't spent the time yeah. think finding them. I'm yeah. thinking of them. But sometimes it makes me nervous to try, because I'm worried about turning a show into something it's never intended to be. And the example mm. in my head I always keep is Detectrists. Right. Mm-hmm. If I'd have sat there as a script tester trying to force more jokes into that show, it would not be the show I love. Okay. As an audience member. Yeah. So I'm always kind of trying to also figure out what does the writer want it to be? Yeah. Tonally. Yeah. It Not all 30-minute pieces are going to end up looking like Mrs. Brown's Boys on Miranda. Mm. Yeah. But you have to have a really strong vision of what it is if it isn't going to look like that.
2: Yeah, oh, even yeah, and, and the non audience equivalent of like you know Brooklyn Nine Nine or whatever, yeah. which is just essentially a studio comedy with a pace and their joke count, but it's just it just isn't quite filmed in front of a, mm. an audience. Um, so what in terms of um, the sort of scripts that you're reading, presumably there you're you're witnessing some some mistakes people are making so they're coming to you with scripts and there's probably some general lessons that can be learned from the volume of scripts that you're reading and then they then respond to those by making further mistakes <laughs> so you can almost second guess and wait for them to find out for themselves so maybe you could just save everyone a lot of time by telling people... <laughs>
1: Yeah, except, of course, obviously, they've got to go through that. That's true. And Mm -hmm. learn those lessons themselves. But um, definitely, they are different sets of,
2: Mm.
1: not mistakes, but just, it's a process, isn't it? I think you can't, you you will never write the perfect shooting script first go out. No. You discover it as you're going along. Mm. Um, And I, I, like you, James, I absolutely advocate the planning, which Mm. is sadly lacking in most of the script's Really? Um, I read, yeah, yeah, I would say most of the writers, uh, th- this is early stage writers, maybe just their first or mm. second spec script, will typically have started writing that script mm. without really having an idea of how the relationships work okay. or where the comedy is coming from and certainly won't have figured out a structure for that episode story right. with a the payoff. Okay. Um, they'll kind of go into the script thinking they'll figure it out as they mm. go along and it will kind of appear to them. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: also, a lot of people tend to think that a really strong opening, and after that it writes itself. Self, yeah. yeah, and it, it, it really doesn't. doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So the, the biggest weakness in, in early scripts by early stage writers tends mm. to be uh, a lack of structure and mm. story. That There's no story. Right. It's a series of unfortunate incidents that are not necessarily related by cause and effect. Right. Which for me isn't or a even, story. Or even
2: rooted in character. No, mm-hmm. okay. absolutely. This is just stuff... Are, are there so any... Um, fun, funny stuff happens yeah. to people. Is there yeah. a... Um, mm. When we talked to, uh, the other day, I think Shane Allen might have said what scripts that he's read enough of, which is um, a bloke in his 40s gets <laughs> fired he gets home and his, his, his wife's gr- left. His him, girl, wife and yeah. or girlfriend has dumped him and now suddenly he's got to you know start all over again. Mm. Um, do you get many of those or do you get any of the sort of fairly common? Yeah, yeah. We,
1: I, we we definitely see a lot of those and they tend to be from writers who are at that stage Age? of life. Yeah. And equally if you're a student, almost all the student almost all the scripts I read from mm. writers in their early 20s mm. will be about students. Okay. And a student
0: room life. of 20 something people Talking, yeah, yeah. Which, which is, is, we, we, which is hmm.
1: completely understandable, yeah. um, and, and that's true in drama as well. That's yeah. not exclusive to accommodate well, most what, drama what, scripts. What first, was friends, is, yeah,
0: yeah, know, a yeah. group of six, 20 something people sitting yeah. in a cafe talking.
1: You know, my, in, in my experience, most writers start by writing scripts set in a world and a scenario they intimately yeah. know and understand, and it's very yeah. really personal to them,
2: mm. yeah. I mean, the, the, the downside of so you know, there is we could we could we could do a whole thing on write what you know because know yeah. we've, no, we've gone we've gone both we've <laughs> gone round the houses on that one <laughs> yeah. before but there's a there's there is virtue in writing what you know as a starting point because the alternative is if you're in your you know if you write something that's just completely genre it's just going to feel very mechanical
1: yeah and, it won't have and, any authenticity yeah to it. if you don't
2: if you've not done any experience or research um, and you write a crime drama, it's going to be the sum total of all the crime dramas you've seen in your life. Mm. Uh, whereas if you've spent 15 years as a court reporter for a, for a newspaper and your first show is a crime drama, well, that actually might be quite interesting because you'll have a perspective on that. Yeah. But as a rule, writing, you know, and our advice often on this is no one's going to make that show that you've written. That doesn't matter, no. but your script should get you work. no one's going to make my show either you mm. know just to put it into context <laughs> you know yeah, yeah if, if if you've if you've got no contact with the industry your chances of sh- your show being made are one in ten thousand if it's any good my chances are about one in 500 yeah you know with it's that first really draft tough. you know it's it's yeah. it's hard work um but what you can do is show what you can do as a writer yeah and get work then on the Holbies and the doctors and the Father Browns or whatever it is or
1: or sketch writing or yeah. if you're going down the comedy route. Absolutely yeah. Th- yeah. Those scripts Show what you can do Yeah um, And actually the, the, the kind of question Of write what you know what, what I think Is really interesting Is when writers Write characters They know That are at a similar Stage of life Or they yeah. Have a recollection Of that stage But put it in a setting I've not seen before So Plebs mm. for me Was a great example Of like That age character Yeah mm. But in a world I've not s- seen Done in that Very way good. Yeah And yeah. 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 similarly like, uh, With uh, yeah. uh,
2: time wasters actually, yeah. Third exactly. Third exactly. Third. yeah Exactly Exactly yeah. yeah. Yeah, (laughs) and and no one, no one can say that's not realistic. That's (laughs) not uh, (laughs) a. We we don't really know what Roman times look like, especially when they're shot shot in Eastern Europe as well. No (laughs) one
0: except Greg Jenner, the uh, research history research on horrible histories, who always gets furious and angry whenever he sees a Viking wearing a helmet with two horns sticking (laughs) out. Vikings like Stephen, not wear those helmets.
2: He must know enough comedy writers now to know that that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just yeah. shouting at the TV now. Uh,
0: he knows enough about comedy as well to know that his anger is in itself quite funny. Right, so, okay, so that's, that's, uh, good. that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All to the good.
2: So, you've got, so we've got you know, writing what you know or what you don't know and, and c- topics that are relatively covered. We've got stories that often maybe start well but are very unstructured in our experience, for sitcoms, that because we we only read the first ten pages, um, and we've had that as a thing, and if you're a Patreon subscriber, by the way, we can read your first ten pages and then do a little podcast about it. Fantastic. Um, but we tend to find, of anything, the story doesn't start well enough, and, and nothing actually happens until page ten. And given you've only really got 30 pages, well, you need to make that page ten happen on page two, really. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: It's really interesting. In uh, The writers that are coming through, particularly uh, in feature films, mm. will tend to have read a lot of books about story and structure and mm. screenwriting. Um, and all the guidance and advice is your inciting instant, you know, the thing that kicks things off and yeah. makes your lead character have to do something to achieve something, mm. has to happen within the first 10 pages of 90. Yes. So if you kind of ratio that yeah. Cause into you, a sitcom, you, 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 you need it in... Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. because you've got to
2: establish, you've got 10 pages to establish the normality from which your hero is voyaging away from on their quest, because you've got a three act structure and you've never, you've never seen this sort of person before. We've said in this podcast before, the sitcom is the permanent act two. Yeah, Hmm. We, we know act one because of, because of the situation and the character. And um, we don't want act three because that's the that's the series finale. It will finish yeah. that's the, the story in the character's yeah. Are yeah. That's yeah. The character changes and, yeah. the, and the sitcom is now redundant instead. Yeah, but, yeah, but even
0: with it and that's partly why you get so many scripts that don't have a story because but you know, even w- within that, you know, you you can you, you have a basil Fawlty, you have a faulty Town. Absolutely like you, you have, have a, a beginning and middle and an end. amazing uh, sequence of events yeah. that, that are character driven. Absolutely character
1: driven yeah. and escalate.
2: Yeah escalation yeah. is a big and do you yeah, find that it's which g- is usually c- lacking is that normally a problem then as well
1: yeah um, again it t- t- that tends to be a little bit later so uh, the writers who have spent a bit more time thinking about the story and uh, will still tend not to escalate things right. so the final sequence will tend not to be of all the things happening in the script Yeah. the funniest the biggest right. and uh, actually that build is often missing yeah. and it's just reordering things mm. and rethinking the story shape so that you're building towards something big right
0: I just wanted to pick up on something that James mentioned, and it's sort of something I was just, just thinking about, how when you... Um, uh, we talk about, you know, we get sitcom scripts and starting to get kind of comedy drama-ish type scripts mm-hmm. as well. But in terms of what is out there, as James mentioning, as, in, as a training ground, I mean, shows like Holby City and um, Doctor's, um casualty still yeah. does it but i, th- I think the, these these are these shows as you say are the training grounds i mean we used to have there was a show called Weekending, ending was on 40 weeks a year topical show now we've got one 12 week a year topical show do you think it's worth comedy writers because there is actually quite a large choice of uh, possibilities is it worth them trying to go down the route and say i mean i've years since I've seen Doctors but maybe try and write channel their comedy into something like Doctors
1: Um, I would actually say not because it's equally competitive and I think if you try and get onto a show you don't want in order to get to another type of show you don't want to write on yeah you're kind it's, of wasting all your energy. It's too hard. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then and, you're and ready to succeed at the wrong mm, thing. Yeah, absolutely. You're yeah. kind well, of, I, think, I, I yeah. think if you if you can get on, that's incredible if you can get those opportunities. But it is incredibly competitive. I oh, mean, right. BBC Writers Room gets, what, 4,000 submissions every time they open a window for mm. four weeks. Mm. Mm. But um, that's what
0: they, they get, 3,000 for a sitcom. Yeah. And there's, like, three slots available for that. Yeah. If they get 4,000 for the next potential... Holby City or a doctor's writer I mean those there's, there's like sort of several hundred episodes a year of that they, they are, but
1: again that they'll have core writers. the number of new writers coming on to any of those will still only be one or two a year right okay. um, because the writers will then write on those shows uh, for two, three, five, ten years uh-huh. um, Some of the shows are impossible to get on you know the Emmerdales and the Corys mm. Um, mm. yeah. The they, kind of they
2: find you, you don't find them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
1: And, right, it, and okay. even to get on the shadow scheme for uh, Holby and Casualty, um, you have to have an agent to be able right. to apply for the shadow right, scheme. Right, okay. So you need to be writing at that level where you're wrapped already. Yeah, yeah, okay. So it is really tough. I mean, well, and Actually, the, I, I kind of, obviously, having been in that drama space a long time, I, I know all those roots and kind of mm. how the industry works. And what I was finding challenging for Script Angel is helping writers who wanted to write narrative comedy. Mm. What is that? road. Yeah. And don't, I you don't know, know. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's really tough to give that if advice. You find out by the way, we are well, both yeah. we are <laughs> yeah. we
2: are all ears. Yeah. Well
1: yeah. I, I, all I can always advise my writers to do is to look at the people who are writing the kind of stuff you want to write yeah. and look at how they got there. Yeah. What were they doing? There was um um Paul Kranza did a, a a session at the London Screenwriters Festival, which was really interesting. Mm. And he talked about kind of the steps he'd taken and the kind of things he'd written and the kind of places he'd sent those things. And it is is really circuitous. There is no direct route.
2: Especially if you're Paul Carenza. Uh, I know Paul. I know Paul a bit, and he's just quite, he's kind of good at lots of things yeah. as well. Yes. he's a good stand-up comedian. He's also got a, a religious yes. uh, bent as well on some yeah, things. He's good very gag funny gag writer. Very good gag writer, yeah. and yeah. he's also to, he's also a really nice man, which frequently doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Too nice. Too comedy. Yeah. Paul, pull yourself together, Paul. If you're listening, <laughs> um, a couple of questions then. One one on agents and one on notes. Um, so about being repped. About you know you can't get on this skin for an agent. I find, I don't know if it's the case now, it'd be interesting to hear your views, whether writers and people f- on the outside wanting to try to get in, they do think agents are a bit of a magic wand. Um, do you find that you still have to slightly disabuse them of that and just say, yeah. you need to be able to write and yeah. th- that takes time, so concentrate on that?
1: You you will typically get an agent at the point where you sort of feel like you don't really need one because you've built your network. Right, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, That's not to say they don't open doors because they can. They can get Mm -hmm. your script onto desks that from outside and without an agent, you Mm -hmm. can't because you will hit that. We don't take unsolicited material barrier all the time. Mm -hmm. But typically uh, the agents are only really looking to sign someone who's already built momentum. Yeah. Who has already knocked some doors down. Yeah got their foot in you know all, all the uh, all other cliches apply yes um, yeah. the foot in the door <laughs> yeah um
2: because in a way you know they have to make money yeah and mm. they're not really in the business of development they don't have the time to develop your you as a writer no and profession absolutely and they, they they can help develop your career professionally but the you have to already have a proven ability to write the darn thing absolutely mm. and because they can't really fix that
1: no, absolutely. So they're they're looking for writers that can already write at a professional level, yeah. even mm-hmm. if they haven't necessarily yeah. got all the gigs they want yet.
2: And in order to do that, therefore, they need to be able to respond well to notes. They do. <laughs> and, is, and is that something that you'll find? Is that a steep learning curve for people or are they actually quite open? By the time they come to you, maybe it's a self-selecting group.
1: Maybe yeah, or. it is, to be honest. So we're really lucky. The writers who come to us are looking for that help. We don't do one-off notes. Um, we don't even do three months' work mm. with writers anymore. We only work for six or 12 or longer. Um, so the writers that come to us have already gone through those stages mm. of sending their script off mm. for one set of notes from someone mm. as a single Ooh. transaction. They, they've used their peer groups. They've joined yeah. writers' groups. They've got peer review. So they're already quite good at mm. taking notes, and they come to us because they know they need more help yeah. right? and and a, and a really professional level of help and expertise. Right. Mm. I can, I
0: can personally... Vouch say for that I actually went to Hayley with a script a few years back when uh, I, I wanted I wanted someone to see it before mm. I sent it off and so you gave me some very good notes Thank and the you. script got rejected yeah what do you know yeah right. well there you go I'm the not holding yeah. you personally mm. responsible Haley. yeah yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah but, but but we're lucky and obviously uh the writers have already been through quite a steep learning curve as yeah. you said yeah so, um because sending your script off or even showing it to friends mm. is hard and getting yeah. feedback. Yeah. And and also friends
2: don't know how to read scripts. No. no. So no. they sort of... And then they'll, they're, they're, they're a, their helpful advice might be not <laughs> particularly helpful.
1: Yeah. yeah and the, the other mm. challenge of getting feedback from peers particularly, is if you give it to five other writers, they'll all have their own ideas of, yeah. what, of, of what it could be. If, if they if it was their project yeah, and they were writing um, it. This, <laughs> this, is a,
0: this is a problem, and uh, I've written a little bit about this in, in my book. It's sort of a slight um, dilemma that I have, because I also occasionally read uh, scripts, and, and as James mentioned, we do the, the, the ten pages. Um, and I, I did this for a, 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 fr- a friend. Uh, I read his script, and I said, oh, I really like character A. Character B, I'm not sure about the secondary character this this doesn't work for me, and then he he said, "Actually, well, funnily enough, I'd sent it to BBC Writers' Room, and they said we love character B, we don't <laughs> like character A at all." And I sort of thought, uh, "Yeah, and and <clears throat> kind of we we were both we were both right mm. in our in our ways, but you know, what what does a writer do with that when they get this? It's hard, isn't it? It
1: is hard, uh, but I always think of my job not as telling the writer what to do to make mm. it better." Yeah. But to point out where for me it's not working and Mm. ask the right questions to Mm. help them figure it out. And I can absolutely, I will give a personal response. Mm. But what I'm listening for is how that lands with them. Yeah. Because you can tell if the light bulb goes off and they're like, yes, that's that's exactly what I want it to be. And if they're not responding in that way to your notes, you find another avenue. Because my job is to try and figure out what it is they want it to be and help them turn it into that.
2: My thing my thing with rule of my rule of thumb with notes whenever I give notes is always the first time I give them notes, I just say, I hope these notes are basically telling you what you've secretly already Wade always always thought Absolutely. but have successfully suppressed until this point.
1: That's exactly what it is. Um
2: and then <laughs> yeah, and they're not always that, I'm sure. And I'm also very conscious of just sort of saying, um yeah, so I, I'm in a very unusual situation. I give notes to an RTE show called Bridget and Eamon Mm-hmm. And the and the show is absolutely demented. It is completely. <laughs> it's all over the place. It's really funny, but it's completely. It's it's extraordinary. It's, it, and as if they have a very clear tonal vision of what it should be. Yeah. And quite often they push it in a direction I don't like. Yeah. But I will tell them I I find this not funny because I'm quite prudish, for example, on this. Yeah. Um. But you, you're comfortable with it, so go ahead. But I just. I just want to say that some audience people will will be turned off by this. Yep. Mm. And then I watch the final tr- transmitted version and just go, oh, they went with it anyway. Good for them. it's yeah. Yeah. fine. You know, because I because I my the version of the, my ideal version of their show is not the show it's they want not to make. Show. No. Yeah. As there's no point in me Absolutely. telling them. And I and I'm not convinced that my version would be more successful than mm. their version. I just prefer it more.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> it is it's something you learn as a script tester mm. is how to You have to be honest and authentic Mm. about how you're responding to the material, but you also have to be listening to what Mm. it is they want to do with it. And often they don't know, and that's your job then is to help them figure out what they want it to be. Well, should it be a bit more like this kind of show, or should it be a bit more like that?
2: Yeah, and again, it's going back to, I think sometimes you... uh, It's just helping the writer to bear in mind, which I don't think commissioners and controllers do very well, because when we were talking to them the other day, they just said, oh, a show can be anything you want it to be. Who cares what it is? And that shows to me a little bit of con- concerning that they don't realise that the audience are parsing TV shows by what's gone before and what's gone after. Yeah. So actually you can help a writer say, when an audience member reads this, what what are they meant to think? Yeah, um, what do you want them to think? What yeah. do you want them to think? And I, you know, again, a script I read the other day where there was a character that was very mysterious... And I'm just, and I'm sort of saying, you're, you're, you're not, you're, you're showing the audience so many clues in one direction that when you reveal it, it's not actually a surprise. Yeah. Um. And so you just need to, I think you've forgotten that somebody who, who's never read the script is going to see the show. Just think about it from their perspective, and I think it's very easy to lose sight of that, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but that, that's all you are. You're, I describe myself just as a, we are a fresh pair of eyes. Mm. It? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If this if this script was shot and broadcast now how would an audience respond to it yeah and that and 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 then ask the writer is that What you want? Yeah. (laughs) Is that what you'd like them to be? Yeah. Thinking, feeling, experiencing?
2: They will be appalled. Is that what you want? Yeah, exactly. I want to to appall my audience. Which is fine. Great, excellent. Good. You could could be more (laughs) appalling here.
1: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Should we push this in this direction? Actually, you want it to be more edgy. Mm. If the thing that I've drawn your attention to here, because I think it's a bit risky, is actually the bit you're most excited about in the whole script, Mm. then maybe actually the whole piece should be sitting in this space. Yeah, it's not lining up. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Just sort a of very quick question out of curiosity. Um, do you ever get any audience sitcom scripts?
1: Uh, we do. Multicam yeah. studio sitcom scripts? Yeah. Not as often as we used yeah. to. As we would like. Yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. About one in 10, one in 20?
1: Yeah. Of the comedy, it's probably about... of the. Of, this, of the 30-minute com- comedy pieces, it's probably about 50-50 split between, okay, between really? single cam and studio. Oh, that's
0: really interesting. Mm. Mm. Uh, so you get quite a lot then. That's, uh, and, who is, yeah.
2: uh, and who is writing, what sort of people are writing studio sitcoms? Are they people who clearly lo- who love, are, love yeah. sitcoms? And are these yeah. people who've grown up watching Porridge? Yes. or Are they people who've yeah. grown up watching Big Bang Theory?
1: Oh, that's an interesting question. Probably because of the kind of writers we attract, they've probably grown up with porridge okay. or something, right. maybe a little bit later, but not quite big bang right. yet. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to working with those writers, though. Absolutely. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah. I think that, yeah, there is a legacy also, to, and absolutely. also
2: people who've... Who, who grew up watching Big Bang, which has been on for a long time, are yeah. all now watching Friends. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're all on Netflix or Prime or something, aren't they? And you yeah. can just watch, just watch all of them. And I'd yeah. be interested th- to see what is...
1: Well, and, and my, my children are growing up, uh, they're in their teens now, but um, growing up on Modern Family, mm. yeah. that is the sitcom of choice. Yeah. In fact, as a family to sit down to, that's probably the show of choice.
2: Yeah, yeah. And the pace on that is, it's like, although it's, although immense. it's not a studio show, it has all the pace and the comedy ends. and everything. Mm. That yeah, it does. Yeah.
1: 20,
0: 22 minutes.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. four five plots all phenomenal. Or I wouldn't advise together. your first spec sitcom script though, aiming for twelve characters. No, all yeah. with a story, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's quite yeah. a challenge. occasionally. One,
2: some, yeah. One, usually one or two people are missing in any one given episode now, yeah. So, usually they don't have Alex or Manny or something like that, yeah. Yeah. You know, or Hayley. And you go, that, that's but, even okay. so, but very rare. Going. Yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> there are three big stories going each week, um, mm. and it, yeah, it's an absolute masterpiece
0: just um another thing and, and we've talked about the, the kind of sitcoms that you you see over and over and just just wondering if the sort of there are the kind of typical mistakes that you see in the specific uh, errors that you see occurring again and again yeah so
1: obviously we've talked about the story mm. or lack of mm-hmm. um but the other one is often the lead character is not comedic enough and not flawed enough there's a real tendency for the comedy to be coming from the supporting characters Mm, for the lead to actually be a little bit autobiographical and a character you really like who's quite nice (laughs) (laughs) but who's not actually funny and you're totally dependent on all the other characters to generate all the comedy which I think is a Disaster for a sitcom. Yeah, I, think I think your lead really character has uh, to be uh, bold mm. enough. Yeah,
0: it's mm. something I literally have been thinking about in the last couple of days, and something I'm doing. And, uh, and it's a, a an error that I find time and again that with uh, when whenever the the, the character that i'm trying to write is me uh, which it usually is and that's just how i write but then uh, inevitably that the 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 funny you know the 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 people around that 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 version of me
1: yeah.
0: are the, the 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 sort of the, the the opposite and so they you know so they're clear they they are immediately oh that person that, that person's role in the show is to do this and yes. that's immediately clear and that person is that and suddenly you find you've got th- these three or four people who've got a very clear thing yeah. to do and then you you know you forget about that the, the main character and I think some I mean shows like Seinfeld for instance mm. there is a there is an element of that in Seinfeld that that, that actually Seinfeld but the show about Jerry Seinfeld. He is the, the least stand-up in- comedian. He's the least he is the least, least interesting, interesting character. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah. So
1: yeah. Uh, Alex, you, yeah. there are no rules, and it is yeah. possible to have a lead character who is the least <laughs> well, interesting well, in the show. The, show. Yeah. But, but, the but it, it generally doesn't work. Yeah, yeah.
2: but the thing is, he's he's the lead character, but he's also the funniest in the sense of he gets to do jokes that are funny. Yeah.
1: yeah. He is the observational stand-up that
2: comedian, that, well, which so that makes it. Mm. that makes yeah. it okay even though you know he's also the worst actor by <laughs> it from, it's very <laughs> funny I watched a um Carl's, a comedians in uh, coffee comedians in cars Com- getting yeah, coffee yeah. where he's talking to John Oliver mm. and they're both putting their hands up and just saying we are such bad actors <laughs> <laughs> and the number but the number yeah. of times yeah. they've been in a scene with a really good actor and have stood there just going wow they're really good <laughs> and, and just forgetting that they've got the next line yeah. and they're just standing there so admiring enough. it yeah yeah, yeah. But um, I think... I mean, I had this problem with writing a... I did this show for Radio Wales called Be Lucky, which I found very difficult to write because for the second series of three, I did a personality test for the lead character and discovered it was the same personality type as me. Yeah! <laughs> um, and so it's... But what I think... It depends also on... What I'm thinking about and We're, we're going to talk about what well, I'm going to talk about in our comedy character class mm. um, that we're doing after... The, in, a, in a moment... Um, is that you can have almost like a, a fish out of water can be a mad person in a normal world, Yeah. but it also can be a sort of a normal person in a mad world, yes. mm-hmm. which is what you've got in, um, say, like Zapped, for example, yes. <laughs> which is, you know, a guy walks through a portal and he's sort of in Narnia slash Game of Thrones slash Middle-earth or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and actually, you need to give them quite a clear quest, but even then, to make them a character who, who basically does anything other than just raise their eyebrows... And those are useful characters, um, but actually, you don't necessarily want that to be your lead. So in Bluestone 4 2, that character was weirdly the, the female padre. Yes. Mm. Um, because she, it's odd that a, a, you know a, a religious character should be the voice of reason. reason. And who's sort of like, sit, w- site, she's walked yeah. into this you know, forward <laughs> operating base, like, what the heck is going on here? Why are you punching each other for fun? <laughs> this, this doesn't make any sense. Um, so those characters are are really useful to have. But if they're the central character, I mean, the other obvious example is uh, uh, Richie Cunningham in um, Happy, Happy Days, days yeah. where he is Mr you know post-war America bland smiling guy and that's why that show wasn't successful of course (laughs) (laughs) Um, so in a way yeah it can be done but in a way you're you're fighting it every single episode and and
1: I think they they need a foil and the other thing you can do with them I think is you can just dial it up
2: Mm. yeah you either
1: need to dial up the madness of the circumstances they're in so there's more contrast there or you need to dial up something in yeah. their character
2: probably because um, I've been involved in another show where the central character is an optimist I think this character what well, in a way you need to make them more mm. in denial yeah. the more in denial they are about the mad world they're in and yes. the better, yeah, yeah. Um, so in a way, it's kind
1: like of like fingers and ears, so so yeah, yeah. And so they're going about <laughs>
2: their business as if it's the normal world, and they can't understand why no one's obeying the rules yes. of their world rather than yeah. the world they're actually in. Maybe mm. I don't know, yeah. yeah. Wow, we got really technical there, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. but then again, is this is, uh, this is
0: uh, it, you got technical, but mm. I was just thinking Reggie Perrin, you know, and that, yeah, just, it, it's, it's just one of the great, great. Comedy characters that the, the, the only yeah, sane he, person in yeah. the mad world.
1: He is, but he's on the verge. Yeah, he yeah. is right on the yeah, edge. Yeah, of... yeah.
2: But yeah. also, what's weird <laughs> is <laughs> the, the, the world which he sees as mad is it's the world that we, we recognise as sane. Yeah, yes. Yes. yeah. So yeah. like we we see the world around him and we just think that kind of looks like the real world. Yeah, yeah. But he's pointing out all of the madnesses mm. of it. Um, it is a stunning <laughs> bit of work how he's managed to make mm. a fish out of water in the real world. <laughs> Yeah, um, and he and 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 he's not the mad one. Yeah,
1: yeah. but I, I I think those kinds of characters in those setups are the hardest to pull off mm. because the it's much it works beautifully in stand up mm. because most stand up and most jokes are observational they are you pointing out the ridiculousness mm. of the world and you're the normal one in it but I think in in narrative comedy that lead character has to have something about them
2: yeah that
1: is. Equally mad in some way. That's a good point, isn't
2: it? So a successful stand-up can basically go here. The following things are wrong with the world. Yes. Mm. That won't. You can't be that person in a sitcom unless you're trying to fix them in your own mad and demented way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, you're just snarking. Yes. Mm. Um, And that's not a story, is it? And also, Mm.
1: it's much harder to fall in love with those characters. Mm. I think we fall in love with 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 a sitcom character who is a slightly extreme version of yeah. something you would recognise yeah. and convinced yeah. of yeah. their
2: own worldview. yeah absolutely um, and that's to me why you know sitcom is so brilliant is because that is what people are like yeah and that's why yeah. you have the same conversations yeah. with the same people You're, you know your yeah. mum rings and you go I know what she's going to say she <laughs> says I can't believe yeah. that yeah. that is what yeah, life is like it is. Um so maybe just sort of wrapping up um, I was going to ask a question about so once people start to get developed a little bit and receive notes what mistakes do they start to make then
1: <laughs> Um, it will, It only because they're still figuring it out, mm. not because they're not capable of doing yeah, sure. it. But it is often the tone of the show It's right. one of the hardest things, I think, even when you've got great characters and a good story. Um, or the other problem, I think, which does kind of take you back to basics is why would I watch this? What is going to yeah. make this stand out from the other hundred or a thousand scripts that someone's going to read yeah. this month why this why you why, why now yeah. yeah you start to hit all those hurdles that you know they're gonna get asked when a commissioner yeah. or producers or development execs read it yeah oh. mm.
0: i remember michael jacob the uh, bbc script reader saying yep. he'd read uh, he'd read thousands and thousands of scripts and that's like you know from from the very top writers mm-hmm. all the way yeah. through and he said you know he could more or less count on the fingers of one hand the actual scripts that he'd read that went this is absolutely brilliant yeah and, and,
1: and being able to remember it that yeah. I think the, one of the tests I have is you know if in two weeks I can still remember that mm. project yeah. if I've read another 30, 40 in the meantime yeah. then there was something about it
2: yeah, yeah. and that's what you're yeah. trying
1: to achieve yeah. why will it stick well, yeah, and the, 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 the
2: thing that makes that hard, I'm just trying to think what our listeners will be screaming at their, <laughs> 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 screaming at their iPods. Um, Is it it's only done before. Well, A, yeah. that, but B, sometimes you have an idea and you feel strongly about it, but by the time that you've developed it, write it, developed your skills, it already feels dated. Yeah, Or you already go, oh, Last Tango in Halifax, oh, that's the end of my show then.
1: Yeah, that that is a real frustration at at this stage. And And there's nothing you can do about it. No, I I think you have to, at this point, I think you have to have your ear to the ground, Mm. know what else is in the works at places. You know, what's the latest Mm. project that's Mm. been announced in development by Mm. whoever. Um, But if you don't know about it and it lands on desks, and somebody else is already a little bit further down the line, there's nothing you can do about yeah. that. Yeah. That's why you need to move through that process fairly yeah. quickly. But
2: also, that script is meant to be getting you work rather than yeah. being aimed... For at the, it to for yeah. most You Obviously, you've, you've, you've got to convince yourself you want to do it. Yeah. yeah. And you and shouldn't need convincing, but even so, you need to be wise to the fact that this is a calling card, isn't it? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And, and if it gets you in the room mm. with a development exec... Yeah. Or a producer, then yeah. it's done its job. And and of all the meetings I had when I was uh, in development, almost all of them were off the back of a spec I loved, mm. and I don't think we ever managed to take that project into development. But what we did was have a conversation about other ideas, mm. and those other ideas would become things we developed and commissioned. Yeah,
2: mm. and also they would show writing where you go. Well, actually, we need some writing on this other show. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Would yeah. you be interested in that? Yeah. Which answer is normally yes, please. No, yeah. no, I'm only interested in <laughs> yes. my project. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Where do Written on your tombstone. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, that, um, that's that been really helpful. So, how, how can people get in contact with you? How uh, can we find you?
1: So, uh, we have a website, scriptangel.com, uh, and all the information about uh, who we are and what we do and how you can work with us is on mm. there.
2: Brilliant. Cool. Excellent. Scriptangel.com, that's pretty much yep. nailed it. <laughs> Our thanks to Hayley McKenzie at scriptangel.com. Do check that out if you're looking for some script development. If you're looking just to dip your toe in would like us to read the first 10 pages of your script, become a Patreon subscriber uh, for this podcast. And when you do that, you'll find a world of benefits, including a free copy of my book and Dave's book, And also you'll find Patreon-only podcasts and also early access to interviews, which we've done, uh, which currently include Al Murray and Stephen Moffat and lots more besides. So Google Sitcom Geeks Patreon and you'll find us. Anyway, thanks for listening and speak to you next time.